On today's podcast, we're going to be talking about moves that have been made in the Major League Baseball offseason, particularly Otani's landing spot, as well as the Giancarlo Stanton trade. We're going to get into a little bit of NFL talk today and much more on today's episode of The Fumbling Punter. Welcome into the Fumbling Punter Podcast. I'm your host, Devin Keeney, and with us today, our co-host and good friend, Lucas Jones. Lucas, what up, man? Oh, just waiting for all the deals to start happening in baseball, really. I can't stay off Twitter. I know, man. We should uh, we should be at the winter meetings right now. That's maybe should be our goal for next year, to go to the winter meetings. How much fun would that be? We could bring some good oh, content. <laughs> It'd be great if we could afford the fancy places that they do it at we could sleep in a <laughs> camper outside of the ho- fancy hotel that they're staying at right yeah i mean <laughs> i got a van oh dude yeah perfect we couple sleeping bags and just hang out there uh <laughs> annoy theo until he comes on the podcast exactly well boy that'd be great oh man that would be some good listening but uh I'd probably just go back to chicago with them <laughs> <laughs> be employed by the Cubs. I'd have to start doing the podcast by myself because you're a <laughs> member of the Cubs front office. Yeah, but think of the cool interviews I could hook you up with. Oh, for sure, Chris man. Bryant, Anthony Rizzo. I know. That'd be a lot Bryce of fun. Bryce <laughs> I knew you were going to get that one in there. Okay, so, of course, everybody knows that we like to talk baseball. We talk a lot of baseball, a lot of college football, and not a whole lot of that to hit this week. But I do want to uh, – we are going to talk a lot of baseball – but first, I want to talk just a little bit about the NFL. Lucas, I think your Steelers are the team to beat, not only in the AFC, but in all the NFL this year. What do you think? I wish I could agree with you. Like, I want to. Uh, a, a good barometer of that's going to be next week, Steelers-Patriots. Yes. Now, the Patriots looked bad last night. Tom Brady had a bad game. It happens. Um, the Steelers' offense is rolling right now antonio brown should probably be the mvp of the nfl holy cow uh, man considering Wentz getting hurt wilson's had a couple bad games now tom brady's had a bad game or so like you look at it what antonio brown's doing with a quarterback that's only slightly above average now big ben's not what he used to be yeah um but antonio brown makes up for that just because he's so good um but the steelers defense they gave up almost 40 points to Joe Flacco and the Ravens, who have had just major and well-known offensive struggles this year. I think now, you mean elite Joe a, Flacco? Yeah. I mean, I know he's elite and all, but <laughs> my God, 38 points to the Ravens. It, you know, and this is probably the healthiest the Ravens offense has been all year, too. So, I mean, obviously they probably, uh, you know, shot back up to where they should be offensively, but... You know, the Steelers' defense, they're missing Shazier, who you know, no one even knows if he can move his legs. They're being pretty hush-hush Man. about that. Like, he's, his career is probably over, and he was a huge piece of that Steelers' defense. So that's going to have repercussions. Um, if the Steelers can beat the Patriots next week, though, they can, you know, take a couple weeks off. They'll get the bye, clinch home field advantage. Um you know, and, and I'm not saying the Patriots are going to win because Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell are just the best at what they do. Oh, they're both so but, good. I mean, the Steelers, they, they clearly are the the cream of the crop um, in the AFC. 
Now their last three games have all came on like game winning field goals. So their defense has done a good job of bending and not breaking. And the offense has done a good job of coming down from 17 0 to the Bengals. They had to come back to beat the Packers. And then they were down like 31 to 20 against the Ravens. So <laughs> they know how to come back um, in games to win. So I don't know. I, I, I think that right now, whoever wins next week clearly has the AFC advantage. But whoever draws the Jaguars is going to, you know, they're going to, the Jaguars have a tough defense. And Big Ben's oh, yeah. already thrown five picks to them uh, this season. So, you know, the AFC may be a more fun playoff now than what the NFC may be. We, I think we talked before either on the podcast or just amongst each other, or maybe I was talking about it with Tyler or someone else, you know, we thought, man, the NFC Rams, Saints, Vikings, Eagles, going to be fun. But, you know, now it's like, well, Carson Wentz is out. Yeah. Can Nick Foles do enough to make it competitive in the NFC? I don't know. The AFC may be fun with Steelers and Jaguars and the Patriots all, yeah. all trying to advance. I agree. I think that the Titans are probably going to get in, and the Titans and the Chiefs are going to be probably the two worst teams in the AFC playoffs, assuming the Chiefs get in over the Chargers. Always love me some Phil Rivers. But, uh, okay, so we talked about the Wentz injury and how that's affecting the NFC. The last little uh, NFL note I want to get into today, Lucas, if you're the Cleveland Browns GM and you have the number one pick, who are you taking? Oh, man, that's tough. Um, first, the GM, who formerly of the Chiefs, John Dorsey, yeah. who they just hired last week, he's going to have to decide if he wants Hugh Jackson to be his coach or not. These things never work out when you fire a GM, but not the coach, and try to make them work together. Oh, John yeah. Dorsey may like Hugh Jackson. They may have the same philosophy. I don't know. So John Dorsey has to decide who he wants as his coach. If he wants Hugh Jackson, then they have to decide if they want to go quarterback. And if they don't want to go quarterback, if they believe in Kaiser, or they think that, you know, if they think that one of the guys they like is going to fall to their second first round pick, whether it be, you know, Baker Mayfield or Dar Darnold or someone that falls, you know, there to that, the 10th, 11th, they should have, a, the Browns should have another pick around the 10th, 11th, 12th spot from the Texans. Um, you know, for my money, if I'm the Browns, I'm probably looking at taking Saquon Barkley. That's fair. I so mean, he's I a really need to get their workhorse back. It's worked out great the last couple of years for some teams taking running backs that high that are really good. Zeke, Fournette. Um, but they could also go quarterback, and you can't fault them for that. I think on offense, they're missing a really good running back. Duke Johnson's pretty good scat back type. Isaiah Crowell leaves a lot to be desired. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, Barkley would have no problem taking that job. And and receiving-wise, I mean, that Joku showed some real talent yeah. this year, but they knew he was going to be a work in progress. And we know from history it takes a couple years for tight ends to get going. But Joku's had a couple of good games, showed some promise. Corey Coleman showed some promise if he can stay healthy, which has been a huge issue for him so far. The good news for him is a lot of his injuries is not lower body type stuff. It's his hands and forearms and stuff. I think he's hurt or broke or something the last couple of years. So that's not really as worrisome as if he had chronic, you know, hamstrings or quad oh, problems yeah. or something. 
But Plus, Josh Gordon is back. I was going to say, Josh Gordon's back. Josh Gordon is the truth. Dude doesn't play in two and a half years, comes back and has 12 targets in his first game and like seven catches or something. So good. Had a touchdown last week. He's freaking good, and he's only 26 years old. Yeah. Lucas, I think if it's me, I'm taking I'm taking Sammy Darno all day. I know that his draft stock went down this year. I know he had he looked pretty suspect at times. I just think he's the guy, man. I mean, I if, if that's what if that's the direction Dorsey wants to go, then that's okay too because Kaiser was Sashi Brown's pick, and you know I was a little bit higher on Kaiser than you were, and I have been. I don't think he's a I don't think we've seen enough to determine whether he could be a, an everyday starter or not. Yeah. You got to remember, this is the Browns. Oh, yeah. But but I've seen enough from Kaiser to know that he's going to be a pretty good number two somewhere if he's not the starter. Like, I, I do think he's a decent enough backup guy if he ends up not being a starter. Yeah. So, so you know, it, it just really depends what Dorsey, how he evaluates the current Browns roster. Oh, yeah. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna get some groomers going here. John Dorsey, good GM in my opinion. He did great things for the Chiefs. Uh, there's a lot of talent on that Cleveland Browns team, and whoever the GM is can work with John Dorsey to pick their quarterback of the future. And there's I mean there's a few pretty good quarterbacks in this class: Darno, Rosen. Baker Mayfield, I don't believe in Lamar Jackson personally, and Drew, a first team All SEC, Drew Locke. And do you think that uh, maybe this is something that John Gruden takes a look at? Well, first, I just want to say on Lamar Jackson, I'm not, I'm not buying or selling on him quite yet, but I am selling on him if I'm the Browns, just for the fact that the last thing the Browns need in their program is somebody that is a scrambler passer type guy. Oh, yeah. Go ahead and get them a traditional quarterback and yeah. try to do it the same way that most successful teams do it. Yeah. Um, but John Gruden, you know, I still, and I've said this several times, I think he's going to go to the Colts or back to Tampa Bay. And I think he still lives in Florida in the off season. I, I, he does. I saw something from the, uh, oh, I forgot what the name of it was. It was a Buccaneers blog that got to sit down with John Gruden over the summer and talk to him. You know, and, and we can agree that John Gruden's only going somewhere that has a quarterback. Oh, absolutely. Now, now the Browns have a chance to get whatever quarterback they want to. It's the number one pick. So they may very well, you know, John Gruden could handpick his own guy. But I feel like it, you know, in his mid-50s or early 50s or however old Gruden is right now, that he may want someone that's already mostly developed and just needs a new system. And I just think Andrew Luck and Jameis Winston brings that, and they're both going to be, they're both going to be, um, them jobs are both going to be open, and you know the the teams are probably going to try to hire someone that's offensive minded. I mean, yeah. I probably would. Tampa Bay's roster is offensively far more stacked than the Colts. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so I don't know. I just that's where I think John Gruden's going to go. I don't know if he's going to want to take over an 0-16 team, although they do have a lot of talent and they can acquire a lot more talent in the next couple of drafts. Oh, yeah, for sure. I just, I, I that... think, honestly, I think probably if, if the Browns already didn't hire a GM, I really thought that they may go after Nick Casero, who works for the Patriots, and yeah. then Josh McDaniels as their coach. 
But now I think if I'm the New York Giants, I'm probably giving McDaniels and Casero a team, you know, like a pack. They come with oh, yeah. a package deal. Package that's deal. what I would do. They can work together. Yeah, that's absolutely. That's what the Giants should do. So, you know, at first I thought that Brown should do that, but they hired John Dorsey. So, and John Dorsey may want someone, a coach with experience. And McDaniels has some, but not like a lot. Yeah. I think Dorsey may look for somebody that has a lot of it. Because that's what he did with the Chiefs. I mean, he brought yeah, in he got he Andy the guy Reed. that hired Reed, or was that? Yeah, John oh, Dorsey Scott hired. Lowy. No, Dorsey hired Andy Reed. Okay, see. So I just think Dorsey's probably going to look for somebody that, you know, veteran type guy, you know, he'll. Like Jeff Fisher. <laughs> oh my god! No, I'm just kidding. He's never get another head coaching job. That would be the absolute worst. That would be the brownsiest move of all times. Brownsy. I moves. mean, nothing says you're going to keep being the Browns for the next five years like hiring Jeff Fisher. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's it to each their own. But no, I think that you made some really good points there with. Uh, Jameis in Tampa Bay and Andrew Luck in Indianapolis. I think both of those would be good landing spots. I, if I were John Gruden, I'd stay at ESPN because calling Monday night football games and interviewing the NFL draft quarterback prospects and getting paid six and a half million dollars per year to do so is what I would be doing. There's no way he works 40 days a year. Yeah. And it's been a long time since he's coached. And he's making a ton of money doing what he does. But to me, it just sounds like he's kind of checked out. Yeah. And I do think the broadcasts are a little worse with Sean McDonald. Yeah. Maybe that's just uh, John Gruden fit with Mike Tirico way better than he does with McDonough. Oh, yeah. So I think that's going to transition us into what we do best here, a little baseball talk. And let's start off with the big news that happened with the big guy over the weekend. Uh, shortly after the report came out that John Carlos Stanton would only waive his no trade clause to go to four teams, uh, he was traded to the New York Yankees. So now you have two monsters in the outfield for the Yankees with Aaron Judge and John Carlos Stanton. Uh, Lucas, it looks like, you know, we talked on last week's podcast about the Giants and the Cardinals both having offers on the table. Uh, what do you think fell through there? Do you think that, that, I mean... Stanton just didn't want to go. Yeah. I mean, he did an extensive press uh, conference yesterday, and he just he flat out told Jeter from the beginning the teams he wanted to go to. None of the teams expressed any real interest at the time. Um, the Yankees kind of did. Um, so that's when they started taking offers from San Francisco and St. Louis. And a lot of uh, Giants and Cardinals fans are upset. But what I said, you know, Stanton – said he wasn't interested in going there, but he still met with him. He gave them a chance to hear him out, hmm. and he had nothing but good things to say about him. He said, you know, these are two franchises that that are historical winners and that the Cardinals will probably be good again one day, but he was looking for somewhere that was good now. He's but never he said, been to the playoffs. He's 28 years old. He said, he I ain't playing go. for Mike Matheny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how a lot of people took that. Now, and you probably only took that if you were on the anti-Matheny side. If you're pro-Matheny side, you probably just, you know, you, you know, I've seen people hoping that he bats 155 and breaks his leg and all this oh, shit. Oh, man. And I'm just like, man, I was like, it was an outside chance anyways. People are him. terrible when it comes now, to pro athletes. Of, and they're blaming Jeter, saying Jeter did a bad. I think Jeter's done a good job. Um, he couldn't just come out and say that, 
he had to try to maintain some sort of leverage and try to get Stanton to blink, and he didn't because Jeter was trying to get the best deals. He had better offers from the Giants and the Cardinals, but Stanton was set on going to yeah. someone that's ready to win now. And Jeter's main task wasn't to get the best prospect. If he could get rid of the most money and get good prospects for Stanton, that's a win for Jeter. But you know what also a win is? Getting rid of $300 million in debt yep. on a team that's already $400 million in debt. Yeah. So Jeter did okay on this. There's a lot of guys that are upset about Jeter and saying he's a trash owner or a GM or whatever. And it, it's way too early to tell that. Oh, yeah, for Clearly, sure. Clearly, you know, I've always run the impression they shouldn't have sold a team to somebody that didn't want to take on the debts and could afford it. But what's done is done. So now they have to tear it down and restructure it, and hopefully they can get fans more interested when they start rebuilding. Um, I don't think Jeter's interested in not winning. I think that this is a place that probably needs a a whole culture rebuild, kind of like the Chicago Cubs went through with Theo. Um, The culture took a big damage. The culture is just not good in Miami. No. From Loria, from buying guys and selling guys and for whatever reason they still have two world series in the last 20 years which is you know as as many as the cardinals um you know and that's more than you know that two in the last 20 years is a lot yeah really a lot more than a lot of teams like only the yankees and red sox have more i believe and the giants giants have more in the last 20 years believe it or not cardinals have the same amount um cardinals yeah so it's not like it's not like they haven't won in Miami, but it's Gloria's sporadic. Got that all screwed up, and yeah. then Jose Fernandez just so impacted yeah. so many guys when he got killed. Oh yeah, that it's they're going to have to. And Ozuna's getting traded soon. They said Cardinals are very interested in him. That may be close. Um, Yellick said he's not even happy anymore, and he's got the best deal and upside between him and Ozuna. He's got five years, fifty-eight million left on his deal. And he's just as good, if not better, higher upside than Ozuna. Um, and Yellick can bring back, like, real prospects. Yeah. Ozuna probably will, too. But, so, so Miami's got guys to work with. Oh, yeah. To get prospects. They just needed rid of Stanton's money. Yeah. So, Lucas, is uh, is Derek Jeter's wife still pregnant? Oh, I don't know. I was going to say, if so, maybe this was all just a sideshow to get Jeter out of the house. Yeah, it, it might have been. I mean, he was at Monday Night Football last night. Yeah, the the new Hard Rock Cafe Stadium looks pretty cool. Okay, so uh, I'm going to move on from uh, Stanton and the Marlins real quick and go over to the Angels and their big announcement of signing Otani this weekend. Uh, Lucas, what do you think? I mean, I think the Angels always need an arm, and you know they've already ha- they've already got Mike Trout and Old Pujols in the lineup, so. And yep. Justin Upton. Oh, they got Justin Upton? Yeah. They <clears throat> traded for him in August from the Man. Tigers, and then they re-signed him right the- after the World Series. Well, Upton had an opt-out, and the the uh, he agreed to not opt out for an extra year on the contract. So that's what the Angels did for him. So they have Upton, Trout, Otani, Pujols, Angleton Simmons, Best shortstop yes. in the game, maybe Old best Simba. shortstop ever. Yeah, and he can he learned how to hit last year. Yeah, he had a hell of an offensive season for a shortstop. 
And, you know, I mean, he's not in the same breath as Correa and Lindor offensively, but he did much, much, much better than what he was known for when he was in Atlanta. Yeah, and I was just um, reading yesterday that they may be players on uh, Moustakas. Yeah, um, the, Moustakas, they're looking for second baseman, so they may, you know, they may call the Marlins about Castro or the Tigers about Kinsler. Um, you know, I haven't really heard much about them being interested in bringing Brandon Phillips back because they traded for him too um, back in July or August. And so the Angels, you know, I was heartbroken that Otani didn't go to the Cubs. Of course. Dio had the best presentation, they said, because he had virtual reality or something. And <laughs> I've seen, you know, I just, I've seen a lot of people making fun of that. Like, and, and we know who I'm talking about when I say most, I've seen some people. But I'm sitting here thinking, like, that's the kind of outside-the-box thinking that you want your front office to have. You know, what you sets want... you apart from someone else? It didn't work, but I didn't hear anyone else creating a virtual reality system and to show Tawny what it'd be like pitching at Wrigley. So I'm, I'm sure I, that, like, me, my... I'm impressed by that. I'm sure that Mike Matheny and Gersh show, showed up and offered him a uh, fair day's salary for a fair day's work. Well, they weren't even on Otani's list. Oh, I know. I'm just so, I'm po I mean, I'm poking fun no, at my no, own no, team, I man. I agree. And 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 you know what? I, I I was in complete agreement with the Cardinal fans. They knew they had no chance at Otani because they knew Mike Matheny could not handle a player that both wanted to pitch and play the field. Oh man, you know I just feel that like that would blow his mind. That like he would have to go in and like rewrite the Matheny manifesto. Like it just would. Like he would not, it would, it would overwhelm him to the point that he would shut down, which would probably be the best thing for the Cardinals. So I mean, really, if <laughs> Gersh was looking to fix the Cardinals, he should have signed Otani. Completely overwhelmed Matheny with how he was going to handle that. <laughs> Matheny right. would have shut down, and then Okendo and Willie McGee could take over the team, and maybe they would win this year. <laughs> yeah, but in in conclusion, I think it's a fantastic. For the Angels. Oh, absolutely. Otani's not going to cost anything for three seasons. Yeah. I mean, unless he comes out just huge next year and MLB lets the Angels go ahead and sign him to a bigger contract um, after that first year. But if you try to sign Otani to any big contracts after the first year or two, MLB is going to be scrutinizing it to make sure you didn't have under-the-hand deals because he came over with the CBA crap, you know. Yep. Um. But, yeah, they get an arm to go with Garrett Richards, who had a tear in his ACL, but, you know, it's supposed to be good now, and he came back toward the end of last season. Andrew Haney's on his way back from Tommy John. Um, Matt Shoemaker, he did okay. Um, they had another guy out of my fantasy team, I can't remember his name right now, to pitch. He pitched pretty well. He won me several points in fantasy. Nice. Um, so they they – this helps their rotation um, tremendously and cheaply. And Albert Pujols says this is like the first offseason he's had where he's going to get some workouts in where his feet ain't bothering him, and he supposedly already lost some weight and is going to be in good enough shape to play first base two or three times a week to uh, get Otani some extra at-bats at DH. So things are looking – I mean, the Angels have to go for it with Mike Trout's window. Mike Trout's deal is up in 2020. You know, they still got Pujols, so you could drive in 100 oh, yeah. runs. They got Upton for four or five seasons. So they're going for it now. 
look for them to try to add a Mike Moustakis or Starlin Castro or Ian Kinsler or somebody. They got openings at second and third base. Yeah. So, I'm, oh, man. I'm not going to lie. The Angels might reel me in if they get Starlin at second, Moustakis at third. They already have Simba at shortstop. Pujols, I mean, Mike Trout, Otani, like. We're both National League guys, but, man. That's a pretty fun American League team. That, yeah, people are saying the Evil Empire is back, too, in New York, and I'm sitting here finding myself like, I like what Brian Cashman is doing. I like what they're doing in Angel. Like, I, I want the Angels to make the playoffs. I want the Yankees to make the playoffs. Can't wait to watch him. Brian Cashman's a genius. We all said he just throws money around. Yeah. You know, in the last three years, they rebuilt without having to be a sucky team. Yeah, they did. They and still ain't had a losing season since Cashman's been, you know, they got their young players. They got, you know, they yeah, they spent money, but now they're trying to get out. And they just traded Chase Headley today. To the and Padres. the guy that can't ever, ca- yeah, to get $13 million more million so they can sign some more pitching. Man. They're interested in, you know, they're talking about bringing CeCe back, maybe Todd Frazier if he'll agree to a one-year deal. Um, they're talking, uh, you know, interested in trading for Garrett Cole. I read somewhere that they might offer to Frazier and someone else for Garrett Cole. And how do you turn and that if down I'm if you're the Pirates, the Pirates? I can't say no. Exactly. I mean, we're, we're on the exact same page there. How do you turn that you know, down? The Yankees have enough guys in their system that if they wanted to, if they wanted to get crazy, they could get McCutcheon and Cole. Yeah. And I and I think it would work. It wouldn't be the Pirates just giving up either. Yeah. The Yankees have enough guys close enough to the majors that they could do that. Well, who's um, the guy they got but, from the Cubs, Mateo? Uh, no, uh, no. Well, they got Mateo. No, they traded Mateo out of Oakland for Sonny Gray. Um, they got Gliber Torres. Gliber Torres. That's who I was thinking He's of. Ready. Yep. He would have been up last fall if he didn't. He got Tommy John surgery. Just nasty. But he's ready for spring training because that it's easier to recover when you're a hitter and stuff than it is pitcher for that stuff. Yeah. So and so they're not done this offseason. Yankees are still going to be big players. They got that bullpen. They might even look to move Batances to free up some more money. Um, so, and then this this is kind of out there, but it could be a possibility. The Orioles are shopping or shopping Machado. Yeah. Um, people are saying the Yankees will have an opening at third base next year. That they're probably they would have enough money to go get Machado if they want him. Um. So now the question is: Would the Orioles trade within their division? That's um, a tough call to me because if you're the Orioles, I mean, I felt this feel this way about the Nationals too. It's hard to just let a guy like Machado or Harper just walk away if you know they're going to walk away. So you want to get something out of them, and yeah, it would. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to swallow your pride trading him within the division, but to get something in return. All indications are that Machado is not going to sign back in Baltimore. Yeah. Albeit they don't want to spend the money or he just doesn't like it there. So here's where I fall down on that. If it was a guy that had two years left, like Garrett Cole, yeah. if I'm the Pirates, I'm not trading him to the Cardinals or the Cubs or the Brewers. Um, I'd probably trade him to the Reds because he's probably not going to put them over the top. But <laughs> the And that's not a dig at the Reds. They're just no. not quite ready yet. Sorry, Terry. Um, but with the, with the Yankees... If they're offering what the Orioles are looking for, which is said to be two starting pitchers, if the Yankees offer that, I think they have to take it, and I wouldn't care about it being the same division because worst-case scenario, 
you keep Machado or you trade him to St. Louis or anyone else that's going to be interested in him, and he still signs with the Yankees next year. What's the difference? If you're trading Machado, you're giving up on the season. Oh, yeah, you in are. In my opinion. For sure. Because if you trade Machado, then you better go ahead and try to trade Adam Jones, who's got one year left. Zach Britton, who's got one year left. Uh, Brock, who's got one year left. So if you're going to sell Machado, then you better sell them other guys. So what's the difference? If you're going to lose, you're going to lose. And the Yankees had the best chance to get Machado next year anyways. Um, so, I mean, you know, the Yankees have a chance to just – their lineup is sick right now, and it's got a chance to even get look more sick with Machado or Todd Frazier coming back. Oh, yeah, that would be ridiculous. Uh, so I'm going to move on here to uh, what I tweeted out to everybody earlier, the picture of the Padres hat. So there were a couple of things I saw today on the Padres, and the Padres need a controllable shortstop, and the Cubs need a closing pitcher, and Brad Hand would probably fit that role pretty nicely. Lucas, you're a Cubs fan. What do you think? This ain't happening. Ain't happening? Not for Baez or Russell. Not for just Brad Hand. And there ain't anyone else on the major league roster that would help the Cubs at this point. Their best pitcher last year was Clayton Richard, who had already played for the Cubs, and the Cubs didn't want to start him. He came out of the bullpen, made some spot starts. Pitched great for the Cubs when he did. But the Cubs need a starter. They do need some bullpen, but you don't trade four more years of Addison Russell and Javier Baez for one year of uh, whatever is – what was his name? Brad Hand. Brad Hand, who is fantastic. Yeah. I just had a brain fart. I knew the guy is. He's fantastic. And if I'm the Padres, I'm not trading. And they got some starting pitcher prospects, uh, Mackenzie Gore and Cal Cantrell. I'm not trading them for a controllable. I mean, the Padres don't need to be trading their starting pitching prospects because their best pitcher last year was Clayton Richard. All right, so if the Cubs aren't going to take this deal, then I'm just going to I'm going to spitball something out here. Um, Colton Wong, <laughs> how every uh, BFib Cardinals fan trade sound or but, trade starts but you out. You know what though? Maybe if the Cardinals do get Manny Machado. Machado says he wants to play shortstop this year because that's going to make that's going to make him worth more money when oh, it comes yeah. to free agency. So maybe if the Cardinals do swing a trade for Machado, they send Paul D. Young and maybe someone else for Brad, or maybe just Young's good enough for one year. Brad, Han- I think Brad Hand's got one year left. Maybe it could you, be two. Maybe you trade uh, Jed Jerko back. Maybe, but they want a controllable <laughs> shortstop. I know. Probably a good one. Okay, at least. So, so I don't know. Going on with the Padres, I also saw that they have some great. They're showing great interest in Eric Hosmer right now. I don't know how. I mean, you know, the, I, I'm thinking to myself, Hosmer's not a big power guy. Uh, Petco's not a big power park. But he played in Kansas City and he made his game work. You know, he's thirty double a year guy, and uh, so it wouldn't be anything new to him. Lucas, do, what do you think about that deal? Oh, I think it shows that the Padres are serious. They got they have a stacked minor league system. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, the problem with that is that's going to move Will Myers back to the outfield, and he's not great defensively out there. But the Padres seem to be okay with that. They they like Hosmer. Hosmer's skills probably translate better to Petco than anywhere else, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you know, hey. I think if the Padres want to do that and they think they're close, and they probably are close with uh, 
like I said, Cal Cantrell, Mackenzie Gore, um, Fernando Tatis Jr. is almost ready. Probably not this year, maybe next year. Manuel Margot's good. Um, the Padres, they, you know, they were in it for Otani too. John Heyman at first thought they were the favorites to get Otani. So um, this shows the Padres are serious. Oh, yeah, absolutely they are. And I think that'll be good for San Diego. I mean, especially with the Padres being their last team left standing down there. Uh, but, you know, they've not been good in a while. I can't. I'm 2008, was that the last time they made the playoffs? Didn't they have yeah. a year with Jake Peavy as their ace where – they had real yeah, strong maybe. pitching, couldn't hit their way out of a wet paper sack, went to the playoffs. Yeah. I was thinking right around 2008, which that might have been mm-hmm. going on 10 years. Yeah. And that's a long time for a fan base to be down. Uh, I did see one more baseball note that a lot of teams, uh, a lot of smaller market teams are showing interest in Carlos Gonzalez, which I think that the Cardinals are going to pair Carlos Gonzalez with uh, oh, Luke Gregerson and call it an offseason. As I predicted from the very beginning, <laughs> but no, there were a lot of teams. I believe they were talking about the Rays having interest, um, the Kansas City, the Royals. Uh, I I hope the Royals can get something this year. I don't know. I I thought they should sell, but we've talked about that uh, on a different podcast. Well, here's the thing, and can you still hear me? All right. Yep. Okay. The Royals are now selling. They kind of made the decision to sell what they have, so that just makes it hurt even more that they didn't sell off Mustakis and Kane. Oh yeah, you, I mean, if they felt like they could go for it last year, and they wanted to, and that's their prerogative. They've earned that right to yep. try to go for it again, but they just didn't have much ammunition to get guys at the deadline. So now there's been, but the big connection today is said that the Cubs may be interested in trading for. Danny Duffy. Oh, and man. The thing, but the Cubs are also still interested in Alex Cobb and probably prefer him. Uh, Alex Cobb is probably going to get a deal that's about the same as Duffy's. Duffy's got four years and $60 million left. Yep. That's probably around where Alex Cobb is projected. Um, they're close, probably the same pitcher. Maybe at this point, Duffy may have a little more upside. Um but that being said, someone at the ESPN had wrote something a few days ago before this rumor even came up today that the Cubs should trade Ian Hat for Danny Duffy. And I really didn't like that because I felt if you could get Alex Cobb for what you're going to pay for Danny Duffy, that the difference between them two is not worth Ian yeah, Happ, a switch-hitting, yeah. multiple-position player guy that's capable of hitting 25 home runs. Uh, you know, so I – but – Bleacher Nation's under the impression the Cubs big blogger people that that you know they're pretty they're pretty good with what they write. Um, they're pretty plugged in. They're under the impression that they could possibly get Danny Duffy without giving up Ian Happ. Wow. If that was the case, then okay. If they can't get Alex Cobb, but right now I'm fine with the Cubs. I mean the Cubs need a fifth starter, but. They need a closer right now. They need a little more bullpen help. I don't know how much Theo – yesterday Theo kind of said there's some things that got to work, but they're being cognizant of some future plans, and everybody took that future plans thing as Bryce, Bryce Harper, Harper next year. 
Oh, so, I don't know. There's going to be a lot of movement probably sometime this afternoon and tomorrow. Could be crazy, especially with the relievers. I think relievers are going to start coming off the board pretty soon. Uh, the hitters and stuff, seems like they're everyone's waiting on Martinez and Hosmer to sign Yeah. before some of the lower-level guys start getting signed. And no one really knows. I've heard nothing on J.D. Martinez. The Red Sox prefer to try to make a trade. They try to get a lower-level guy and then a trade for a power hitter. And the Red Sox called Theo about Schwarber. But the Red Sox and the Cubs do not match up very well in a trade. Yeah, absolutely. So everyone kind of pegged the Red Sox for J.D. Martinez. And that's really the only team I've heard him connected to. And if the Red Sox are saying no, then either one or two things are happening. The writers aren't getting good sources or the Red Sox are saying that to try to drive down the price for Martinez. And, I mean, someone's going to have to – I mean, that's probably why his Mar- – I mean, my God, do you remember that like a month or two ago when they said Martinez wants $210 million? Yeah, absolutely. We talked about it here on the podcast. We might have let off with it because of the absurd amount of money that it was. Yeah, that's not going to be – that's not going to be worth it. Um, the only team that could probably do that is going to have to be an American League team. Yeah, yeah. Where he can be yeah, I mean, the Cardinals, or even one executive back in September pegged JD Martinez to the Cubs, and I'm sitting here. I'm like, <laughs> why? <laughs> that makes zero sense to me. Yeah, that not is... with not with Hayward. If Hayward was able to be traded or something, which he's not, but Hayward's no trade clauses up after next year. It it switches to a partial no trade, which means he has to pick teams that he'd be okay to be traded to. So I'm thinking Hayward may be his last season as the Cub when the Cubs chase Harper. Yeah. Even if the Cubs have to pay $5 million a year on down on his deal, like the Marlins had to pay three years or $3 million a year down on uh, Stanton. Stanton. I mean, for the Cubs, say they pay 5 or $6 million, they're saving. Um, um, at that point, it'll be like, you know, that's going to be almost $17, $16 million a year. That gets to go to somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, I I completely agree. I think there's a lot of options out there. Uh, Lucas, before we get off here, uh, you have one final thought for us. Um, you know, there's a lot of there's gonna be a lot of rumors out there, a lot of posturing. There's gonna be some upset people, some happy people, some you know, just people feeling good about their teams. I try to keep a level head about it most of the time and be real. That pisses a lot of people off. But I, I will say this, that you can't – the season's not won in free agency. Oh, absolutely. It's really not. You can help yourself, and it could turn a team around. So even if you don't like your team's moves, they might be the right moves. I mean, if we were smarter than, than – two guys here talking on a podcast, we might be working for a baseball <laughs> team or something, you know? So it's an interesting and it's a fun time. It is just such a fun time. Oh, absolutely. So try not to, if you miss out on a guy you really want, then, you know, just, you know, don't take it too hard. Um, I already missed out on Otani and that hurt. If we missed out on Bryce next year, I'm probably just going to just cry. <laughs> You've been putting a lot of stock in that. I have been. I've been working on a long time. So if he signs with somewhere else next year, we're going to have to replay this 
podcast with me warning people to check your emotions. <laughs> we are going to have to replay this podcast, and it'll be it'll be great. It'll be therapeutic, probably. Hopefully, you'll listen to your current self, or at that time, yourself in the past. Uh, my final thought is: Come on, Rockies. We, uh, you know, we we were big Rockies fans all year. Good Twitter interaction with the Rockies. Uh, hey, the Rockies interacted with my Twitter several times last night. Yeah, I've had I've had a because, bunch of interactions well, lately. There's been a there's been a running joke with Bleacher Nation that just with the kind of a small rivalry with Chris Bryant and Nolan Arenado and Bleacher Nation likes to say a name that's similar sounding to Nolan Arenado's like who's this, you know, whatever last night he called him uh Nolan Air Tornado <laughs> guy that Rocky thinks pretty good or something. And I called him Noman Alito, and the Rockies liked it. Huh, and nice. I said, hey, you guys are a good follow. They liked that. I said there was the second best Twitter follow. <laughs> nice. They, uh, so the Rockies, they are, they reach out a lot. They have, yeah, check, they check have my, a lot of fun with their fans. Check my pinned tweet uh, from Larry Walker the, when we were talking about Larry Walker on the podcast a couple of weeks ago going into the Hall of Fame. Uh, I said as Larry Walker or a Hall of Famer at Rockies, and they they tweeted me back. I had like a hundred likes. It was a good time. I enjoy the Rockies. I hope that they make some moves to improve the team. Lucas, anything else? Nope. All right, man. Well, thanks for joining us, and everybody, thanks for joining us for this podcast. And we will see you guys next week. <laughs>